Nick, 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 Nick. We all have slime for brains. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Today's gonna be wild, isn't it? Remember slime time? Yes, I do! When we would literally goop celebrities for fun. <laughs> or children, the... armies of children yeah. covering celebrities in slime. Or like the Kids' Choice Awards when we got to like slime someone at the end of the night. Uh-huh. Oh my God. Uh, but it's a school night. Yeah. So you got to go to bed. It was a different time. It was. <laughs> oh my God. I, Nickelodeon gives me all kinds of boops on my serotonin brain. All right. Well, let's get to the serotonin then. Welcome back to Kicking and Streaming, where we're peeing in the shower. I'm Carrie. I'm Ross. And this week, we are talking about the 2001 animated film, Jimmy Neutron, Boy Genius. Oh my god! Before we get started, don't forget, go follow us on Twitter at Kick and Stream. K-I-C-K-N-S-T-R-E-A-M. You can write the show at Kicking and Streaming Podcast at gmail.com. That's with an and, not an ampersand. And don't forget, folks, please be practicing the three R's, rate, review, retweet. Rate, review, retweet, folks. We want everyone to be joining our little watch party. The best gift you can give Ross in the month of September is going and leaving us a review. Because remember, it's my birthday month. Yes. Uh, all right, that's enough chatter. We should probably get started, right? We got a blast into this content. Yay! We got ourselves a bogey. Anticipate visual contact now. Holy! Uh, Hi, nice and cheeks. Got a blast. Meet Jimmy Neutron. He's a boy genius. Whoops. In school. What are you trying? My latest invention. He's light years ahead of the pack. The shrink ray. Will it work on your big head? <laughs> but in being cool. Bubble travel is the way of the future. He's got a little catching up to do. Nice invention, Nerdtron. Better luck next time. <laughs> Our parents have been kidnapped by Absolutely no adults anywhere within radar. These crummy aliens stole our parents. It's time to show them what we're made of. Yeah! Okay, that gives us about two days to design and test our fusion engines and build our fleet of interstellar warships. Any questions? If we blow up, whatever's left of me is kicking your butt. Here we go. Here we go. From Paramount Pictures and Nickelodeon Movies. Hey! This Christmas, get ready to blast. I may be small, but I've got a big brain. You know, for a nerd, he sure comes in handy. Jimmy Neutron, boy genius. I didn't think we liked girls yet, Jim. John A. Davis is the creator of Jimmy Neutron. And, like, literally since the late 80s, he had this idea for this 
really super smart genius kid who had a bunch of high-tech gadgets, kind of like a Johnny Quest type of thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And he, his working title was Runaway Rocket Boy. Yeah. Yeah. And that, you know, that he toyed around with at the beginning of the 90s. And it actually, he was actually able to develop his main ideas into a 13-minute short. And honestly, of all of the shows that were based off of theatrical releases, like in the animation world, this is one of the best shows. Oh, I know. Well, like normally when you think about shows that like were based on movies, it's like they're really horrible spinoffs. Like the first thing I think of is all of the Disney animated cartoons that were on the Disney Channel that were like spinoffs of the movies. Oh, yeah. Like with like. Hercules and Friends. And Little Mermaid. Yeah. Little Mermaid was pretty good. Where she has, like, sisters and, like... She had sisters in the movie, Roz. Did she? Yes. There's a whole song about it. We are the daughters of Triton, dear father who loved us and named us well. And then they all Can I be honest with you? What? I don't know if I've ever seen the 89 version of Little Mermaid all the way through. Like, not in memory. Like, not in memory. The look she's giving me right now. I'm just kind of flabbergasted because we had it on VHS. Well, you watched the shit out of it. I didn't. But we're off topic. Anyways. (laughs) The original series ran from 2002 to 2006. Too short of a run. It really was. Fairly Odd Parents is still running. That's a crime. I'm sorry. (laughs) Like, I get the premise of both of them is child has access to either supernatural power or magic immense knowledge yeah and skill when it comes to technology but like i just you're bitter about it i am because i'm sorry jimmy neutron is just empirically better (laughs) like the thing like the humor the characters yeah like there's a lot more to work with i feel like and i'm glad that the show had the little life that it did Mm -hmm. and all of those episodes are just they make me bust. They're gold. They're golden. Like, I, I can you think of a favorite moment from the show? From the show? Oh, there's a lot of great moments from the show. <laughs> but like, what's the first one that jumps to your head? Well, I think we've talked about this several times on this show. My favorite episode of Jimmy Neutron is Beach Party Mummy. <laughs> Where they all leave school in the middle of the day to go find the lost tomb of Queen Hausabata Slopia <laughs> in ancient Egypt. Oh my god. They get there and back in a day. Because the one thing I love about Jimmy Neutron is that physics is both suspended <laughs> and in play and integral <laughs> to the plot. <laughs> and uh, I don't get it. I know. They like, it's kind of like Doctor Who. They can just play fast and loose with their own rules, but it doesn't matter. Yeah, I get I get how that is. I also see it as kind of a Willy Wonka thing where like, we're like making magic with science. Yes, yes. Yeah. Like, of course there are things in Jimmy Neutron that could never actually happen. It is a children's show. But, I mean, I love when Carl gets ass pregnant with the alien. <laughs> I love it when they make nightmare pizza. <laughs> And it's chasing them around. The sleepover episode. He turns his grandma, played by Phyllis Diller, into a baby. <laughs> Tom, bringing Thomas Edison back from the past. I also do love when they do Shakespeare. Yeah, Macbeth in Space is my favorite episode. <laughs> I don't know if that's what it's actually called, but when they do Macbeth in Space is the best. Absolutely. Double, double, toil and trouble. Fire, burn, and cauldron bubble. <laughs> 
The film was also the first and only Nickelodeon movie to be nominated for an Oscar. You're kidding. It was nominated for an Oscar? <laughs> yes! I yes. was unaware of this. I did not do my research. Yeah, absolutely. It lost to Shrek. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> I mean, of course it did. That's but fine. Like, that's fine. I'm okay with that. It made $73 million. I mean, so. yeah. And it had an amazing marketing campaign. Those shorts that I was talking to you about off mic, the ones that played between shows on the network, mm-hmm. those were shorts designed to promote the movie. Like the Play Dead. Yeah, yes. Jimmy and Cindy are having a competition to see whose dog is better. I remember. Yes. I remember watching that on television. Yes. I was like five and you were like nine. Yeah, we're blowing a lot of dust off of our brains today. I love it. I, I love the old Nickelodeon. You might have guessed it, but we have names. Playing our titular character, James Isaac Neutron, today, we have Debbie Derryberry. I love her name. I know. (laughs) It sounds like a character in a Seuss novel. Right? Yeah. We've already been going on about Jimmy for quite a while, but why why don't you just give me the broad strokes? Jimmy is an 11-year-old with a gigantic brain inside a gigantic head. He has an immense capacity for building complex technologies far beyond the reach of the current scientific community. He's a boy genius for a reason. It's in the title. He's been described by the creators as equal parts Albert Einstein, Bart Simpson, and Jim Carrey. I would agree with two of those. (laughs) I don't know about the Jim Carrey part. I kind of see it sometimes. I see it when he wants to, like, do a bit in the context of his science. Like, the smoking jacket Jimmy with the pipe and everything. Okay, (laughs) you're right. There are some dualities to Jimmy that I think are weird, but they break that down more in the television show. Playing Cindy Vortex today, we have Carolyn Lawrence. Guys... First of all, it's Cindy. Second of all, it's Sandy! Carolyn Lawrence also voices Sandy? She's Sandy Cheeks on Spongebob Squarepants. Oh, that's great. And I love that she got these jobs basically at the same time. She plays two characters who enjoy being right. Yes. Yes. Tell us a little bit about Cindy. Cindy is a 11-year-old girl with huge fucking pigtails. I love that the show, they take the pigtails out. Instead, they just give her one big ponytail. Uh-huh. I don't know why. I don't know what that was about. Maybe they just didn't like the way she looked in the film. Imagine that. <laughs> oh, my God. Criticizing the females. Yeah. Um, but she does not like Jimmy. Well, here's the thing. I don't I don't know. Like, yeah. I have a, I have I have a revelation about Cindy that I'm going to make later. But like the thing is Cindy and Jimmy butt heads. They're always trying to one up another. Cindy is hurtling all of the insults at Jimmy all of the time. There's insecurities on both sides, but <laughs> we'll get more into that. Her best friend is Libby Fulfax. We love her. She's voiced by Crystal Scales. Yes. And I I love Libby. Libby Libby, we needed more of Libby in general throughout the show. I would have been fine with like a Libby spinoff, but oh, yeah. no. We got Planet Sheen. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I love Sheen. I love Sheen with all of my heart. But like, really? Like, Eva, why not give Carl the spinoff? <laughs> Nothing would happen, Ross. He's scared to go out and hurt himself. You're, you're, you're right. <laughs> Carl, Carl's a supporting character. That entire, <laughs> that entire spinoff would have been Carl sitting in his room alone playing Llama Simulator. All right, let's move on. Speaking of Sheen, Sheen is voiced by Jeffrey Garcia. Tell me about Sheen. Sheen is an 11-year-old kid who is super obsessed 
with the fictional lore of the superhero Ultra Lord. I love Sheen. Sheen is one of us. He is. Sheen is a nerd who is just really intense about the content he enjoys. And he's also a chaos agent. He is a chaos agent. <laughs> he and Carl take turns being chaos agents. He is not very bright, but he loves his bros and he would do anything for them. And I love him. I do. I do love him. Voicing the entire Weezer family, <laughs> we have legendary voice actor Rob Paulson with us. Guys, it's Yakko! Pinky, and oh, there's so many things. Rob Paulson is everywhere. All the WB favorites. Like, we love Jimmy, but I think our favorite character, well, at least my favorite character, is Mr. Carl Weezer. He is the most memeable of the troop. I just, he is <laughs> still going to this day. He is in the memes, I swear. To God. God, the Montero cover. Call me by <laughs> your name. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about Carl. Well, Carl and the Weezers, indeed. I love it when anybody makes a Weezer joke, like about the band, uh-huh. and they involve Carl. <laughs> like, Carl is a rotund 11 year old. He is a. Uh, um, he's, he's my favorite character. He's kind of a wimp. <laughs> he's literally round. He has asthma, needs his inhaler. He's got his big glasses. He loves llamas. And he's Jimmy's best friend. Yeah. Like, he, like he is always um, helping Jimmy with his um, insane shenanigans <laughs> and usually getting harmed in the process. <laughs> He's the pushover of the show. I mean, when you get ass pregnant for your friend's science experiment. Yeah, that's that's a whole nev- that's a whole new level to friendship. <laughs> you know, he uh, he loves llamas. He loves his mom, and yeah. he loves Jimmy's mom too. <laughs> it's like an integral part of his character. He's really into Mrs. Neutron. But uh, I mean, hey, we've all been there at least once. We don't really get into that into the show, but like, whatever. Playing Judy Neutron today, we are welcoming back Megan Cavanaugh. <laughs> Y'all, when we discovered this the first time around, my mind was blown. When we covered A League of Their Own. We covered A League of Their Own earlier this year, and we realized one of the players on the Rockford Peaches is Megan Cavanaugh, voice of Judy Neutron. <laughs> she plays Marla, the one yeah. who's like really good. The really dowdy one. Yeah. yeah. Be nice I, to Marla. I'll be nice to Marla. <laughs> now tell me about Judy. Judy. Judy has this big hopping hair, and she <laughs> she is uh, Jimmy's very well-meaning, very um ignorant mother. The things that Jimmy does get up to, she doesn't know the half of it. She knows a lot of it, but like, here's the thing: it's never really established fully the extent of what the neutrons know about his capabilities. <laughs> Right, like, <laughs> do they know about the lab in the backyard? Do they know? Do, yeah, do they know about that? There is an episode where they find it, mm-hmm. but, like, I don't know. It just kind of goes away. Their awareness of it just kind of goes away. I don't know. She's married to Hugh. Yes. Voiced she, by... Mark DiCarlo. She's married to Hugh. Hugh Neutron. Hugh is very absent-minded, well-meaning father, but... <laughs> Um, where his son is obsessed with science and technology, he is obsessed with ducks. Ducks and pie. He is obsessed with ducks and pie. I mean, hey, those are fine things. They are fine things to be obsessed with, but 
Wow. No, all I'm saying is Hugh Neutron wants to fuck a duck. Stop! And there's lots of evidence in the show to back that up. He has an unhealthy obsession with ducks. Apparently the baby ducks follow the mama duck because her butt looks like a great big breadcrumb. (laughs) That's my favorite Hugh Neutron line in the entire show. Oh my god. Okay. I guess we should move on to like to the highest billing. I guess. Actors in this movie. Playing King Goobot the Fifth, we have Patrick Stewart. Sir Patrick Stewart. You know what? You're goddamn right. <laughs> Sir Patrick Stewart, <laughs> the former captain of the USS Enterprise. Absolutely. Also with us today, playing Ublar, we have Martin Short. Yes. Um, Martin Short makes me uneasy. <laughs> Why? Just because he he's a great actor. He's a great entertainer. Oh, yeah. But, like, there's just something about him that's off to me. <laughs> like, he just makes me uncomfortable. I can't qualify it. I'm sorry. That's I, just my opinion. He's never, ever the star, but he's the best foil you could ever ask for. Some other honorable mentions for you today. We have Frank Welker. He's here. He voices a couple of people. He voices Goddard, the dog. Candy Milo. Nick and Brittany. Yes. Yeah. There's um, Andrea Martin. Please welcome back Miss Andrea Martin to Kicking and Streaming. She was in My Big Fat Greek Wedding. Yes, yes. absolutely. She is playing Winifred Fowl. Miss Fowl. Carrie Ann got to meet Andrea Martin. I hate it. I know. I hate you for it. She was so nice. She gave me an autograph. Billy West. Billy West of is here. Futurama notoriety. Like, that's just the thing. Billy West is so famous. He's one of the most famous voice actors I could name. Not to mention D. Bradley Baker. Yep, yeah, D. Bradley Baker. Who's here. back with us again. He was with us last, literally last week mm-hmm. when we did War of the Worlds. He did voices for the aliens. He's been with us actually a few times. Oh, here. yeah. And we also have Jim Cummings. Oh, my God. Welcome him back. The voice of Tigger and Winnie the Pooh. Yep. And he's done so much stuff. All of your big, tough guy voices. Absolutely. I think he voices Ultra Lord, doesn't he? He does. He does. (laughs) Or at least the guy playing Ultra Lord. Okay. We've we've spent too long talking about it. We need to talk about it. I I know. (laughs) This animation style is one of the most satisfying for me. Yeah. Everything's smooth. <laughs> like I just want I, I want like I want figurines of everybody just so I can run my finger along their hair. Nothing has texture. That was really weird, and I'm sorry I said it. <laughs> what, You're you, right, nothing has texture. What, what's weird? You wanting to fondle the figurines? Stop, don't say don't <laughs> don't remind them what I said. This gives me just high boops of serotonin. So we begin. We're at Colorado Tracking Station for the US Air Force. <laughs> I always wondered where Retroville was, and the answer was there the whole time. It's near Colorado? It's in Colorado. It has to be. Wow. Yeah. An air traffic controller is informing an admiral, I don't know. There's this uh, bleep on the radar coming, and he's like, is it a commercial flight? Nope. Air Force? Nope. It's Jimmy Neutron. (laughs) The literal first note I have is, so the military identified Jimmy and Carl as a bogey. The Air Force is closing in, and it's two children in a homemade rocket. (laughs) I love this. Well, be flipping them off as he's flying away. It's 6 a.m. <laughs> and Jimmy and his best friend Carl are trying to leave the Earth's atmosphere <laughs> to release a toaster satellite to perhaps contact alien life. Just for fun. Just for fun. Just, just, just to see if they can do it. Like Jimmy has 
put it upon himself to be like the Earth's ambassador for all extraterrestrial life. He's attached like a little hello video to this toaster. Yeah. So if any aliens pick it up, they'll know where it came from. Back on Earth, Judy Neutron is preparing breakfast for husband Hugh. <laughs> oh my god. Sorry about the toast, dear. Sorry about the toast, dear. I had to make it in the oven. I can't find our toaster anywhere. It's in space with your child right now. <laughs> it's 6 a.m. Do you know where your child is? <laughs> and like, they're like, Jimmy, come down for breakfast. It's time to start the day. Sorry, guys. He's in space right now. <laughs> like, this is where I say, I love that the laws of physics are just suspended for this kid. Mm -hmm. And for these kids. I know. They can just helmets off, no oxygen, just be breathing in space. And you know what? You were talking about Judy and Hughes level of awareness about how genius he is. Yeah. How would they explain Goddard the robot dog? Exactly. You're right. We do need to talk about this. Jimmy has a robot dog he built himself named Goddard. Like, named after Robert Goddard, the famous rocket scientist. I feel like for some reason, regardless of all the wild shit he's invented over the years, Goddard is his most impressive invention. He's 11. I know. He's 11. This dog practically has sentience. So they are trying to release this toaster into the atmosphere. It's not going well. Of course not. This is where we get our first ever brain blast. Uh, is this supposed to happen? One thing. I love brain blasts. Yeah, but like, here's the thing. A lot of the brain blasts, I'm like, you're a genius and you didn't think of that already? Hey, you know what a, I mean? He's 11. Here's the thing. It's <laughs> very complex of, you know, what he thinks of immediately and just what he doesn't. Hey, I mean, neurodivergent people can be like that sometimes. You're right. And like, I love the brain blasts just as a repeating gimmick throughout the television show because what will happen is they'll get in a bind and then Jimmy will remember some obscure shit that happened earlier in the episode and put all the pieces together and find a way to get them out of trouble. Morning Blast! Give me your lunch! What Jimmy does through Brain Blast takes one of the Purple Flurp, a type of grape soda, marketable in Retroville, attaches it to the toaster, pops off the tab, and that thing goes flying into space. Don't try that at home. But then the rocket fails. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> they're as they're falling to Earth, he barely saves their asses. He ejects Carl to save him. <laughs> he destroys half the neighborhood and his house. Oh, yeah, he crashes the rocket into the roof. The chimney falls off his house and onto his parents' car. Isn't this where you were telling me, like, I need an actual figure for how much damage he causes throughout this whole movie? Oh, the monetary value of the damage must just be insane. James Isaac Neutron! <laughs> I see you up there. How many times have we told you not to launch yourself off the roof? Probably nine. Exactly nine. They say repetition is good for a developing brain. Then just what do you think you're doing? Well, last night I received a message from outer space, but it was garbled in the ionosphere, so Mom, I had to launch a communications toaster. I mean, satellite. You little shit. <laughs> do you know how much damage you've done? It's not even 8 a.m. <laughs> Like, this kid would turn my hair gray so fast. And he tells her, I'm trying to contact aliens. And she's like, 
How many times have we told you not to talk to strangers? It's rule number one for a kid. Well, rule number one is treat others the way you would like to be treated. And then rule number two. Okay. (laughs) We see how that took. The golden rule. But then, yeah, you're right. Rule number two is definitely don't talk to strangers. So because of all his early morning shenanigans with the toaster satellite. This is all before school. (laughs) Jimmy is now late for school. And guess what? He misses the school bus. Like, this kid is a legit genius. He has perfected genius technology. The, the whole thing with brushing his teeth with the laser and then the hairdo thing. Yes. And how he, he has a, an up and atom machine. He does. You're right. Like in Casper. <laughs> yeah. Indeed. And you're right. He misses the bus. Uh, his shoe bot tied his shoes together. <laughs> this was one of the coolest things to me as a kid. Because, you know, Jimmy's always just got... An invention in his back pocket for when he's in a bind. Oh, you're talking about the bubblegum travel. Okay, I literally used to have legitimate dreams about this. About bouncing in the bubble? About bouncing in the bubble over my neighborhood. Like, when he's bouncing on another side of the school bus once he's caught up to it, Libby's listening to her little portable CD player. Which Remember that? that yeah. On the bus? You had to hold it just so, so it wouldn't skip when the bus hit a bump. It's so millennial. I love it. And we also see Cindy for the first time. Yeah. Hey, look. Neutron's got another one. Nice invention, Neutron. Too bad somebody already invented the bus. Hey, guys. I've got it down this time. Internal combustion is such old science. Bubble travel is the way of the future. And he just hits that tree. Oh, I know. Smash. (laughs) And he's all covered in gunk. He wipes himself up. He goes running up to school. Carl is in a tree from where he's been ejected that morning. (laughs) He's fine, though. He's fine. He's fine. Now we come to the classroom of one Ms. Winifred Fowl. Gotta love Winnie. I do. I want to know the young Winnie. I want to go partying with the young Winnie. (laughs) You know? Before she became a dowdy school teacher. I don't ever want to visit Miss Fowl's house, though. Oh, yeah? I feel like she keeps birds. Yeah? I feel like it's an obsession that never gets addressed. Like, you feel like it's just like a gray garden situation where there's nothing but bird cages and shit all over the floor? I I don't want to think about it. All right. Who knows? And we are doing show and tell in Miss Fowl's class today. For extra credit. My next note is, we meet Sheen, the village idiot, loves Ultra Lord. <laughs> it's Ultra Lord. Sheen, this is the seventh week in a row you've shown Ultra Lord in class. Miss Fowl. This one is different. This purple vengeance version with power fists and nuclear knees is in rare, never-been-seen condition, making it highly collectible. We're not going to begrudge anyone for obsessing over their favorite thing on this podcast. <laughs> it's we not. Have a, we have a whole podcast about obsessing <laughs> over our favorite movies. It's not unhealthy, you know, like, just let Sheen be Sheen. But no, Cindy has to fuck with him. She tricks him into taking that collectible Ultra Lord out of the box. She's so mean. I know. And insecure. <laughs> like, I just, uh. Never been seen, huh? Well, then, how do you know it's even in there? Hmm. No! <laughs> Carl gets up in front of the class, embarrasses himself by spraying his inhaler in his eyes. <laughs> and then it's Jimmy's turn for show and tell. Uh-huh. What has Jimmy brought to show and tell for us today? A literal shrink ray. Behold, the shrink ray. What's the matter, Neutron? 
Aren't you short enough already? Funny, Cindy. <laughs> but this device is more suited to shrink something as vast as space itself. Like, say, um, your mouth. <laughs> he tries to shrink Cindy's mouth to teach her a lesson. <laughs> But um, everyone just ends up laughing at him, and the bell rings. So class is dismissed, but accidentally, on the way out of class, he jolts the shrink ray in his backpack, and it shrinks Miss Fowl <laughs> down to the size of an ant without anyone noticing. I know! Oh, my! Poor Miss Fowl, she spends the rest of this movie ant-sized. And fighting off a leviathan-sized worm that was in the teacher's apple. That's a great bit. With a toothpick. She gets supersized? Like Godzilla sized? Yeah, isn't that fun? Oh my god! I love the ways the series always calls back to the movie. Uh huh. In certain episodes yes. as, as it goes along. I love how they're walking down the street after school, and then we see the poster. The grand opening of Retroland is tonight. A brand new amusement park in the heart of Retroville. But, you know, it's a school night, and they're pondering, you know, our parents might not let us go, but, like, then Nick rolls up. Oh, Nick God. Dean. You can Pluto, there's gotta be something we can do. It's the grand opening. Sneak out. Huh? What? Heard me, dweeb. Sneak out. Right. Yeah, but my, my parents sort of told me. Oh, parents? What, are you guys going to be kids forever? I hate that we have to talk about Nick. Nick is cool. Nick has always got a sucker in his mouth. <laughs> and he's always offering it to people. Is the sucker supposed to be like a cigarette? I think so. I think so. <laughs> like, cool guy Nick. All the girls love Nick. He skates. Because you know who was really popular at the time? Tony Hawk. Tony Hawk. <laughs> <laughs> And so Nick tells the guys, listen, dweebs, sneak out. Oh, yeah. Your parents won't let you go? Just go anyway and don't tell them. And they're all like, what? <laughs> the concept is so foreign to them. And I mean, can you imagine sneaking out at night as an 11-year-old? I mean, not as an 11-year-old. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Oh my god. Nick says anyone who matters is gonna be there tonight. Children are so cruel. I know. Like, like did you remember that time in your life when just the dumbest shit mattered above everything else? Yeah. Uh, he says, according to the Newville Journal of Medicine, you should butter people up before asking them for shit. <laughs> psychology. It's called psychology. All you have to do is butter them up. Give it a try. I'll call you guys later. We go to Retroland tonight! Yeah! And so we get this cool enough jetpack sequence where he jets home, all set to another Aaron Carter bop. Absolutely! It's a kid, baby! Baby! Baby, it's, it's a, a kid's, kid's baby. baby. <laughs> <laughs> this is such a great tune. We arrive back at Jimmy's clubhouse in his backyard, where there's actually a whole ass laboratory underground. Yes. Managed by a robot called Vox. I love Vox. Throwback to Vicky in iRobot. Oh no. I, Vox is his Vicky. Hopefully they're not on the same operating system. She runs his whole operation. He literally has to scan with DNA identification. Yeah. To get in. He plans to 
scientifically engineer a pearl necklace and diamond earrings for his mother to butter her up. But before this, we check the experiments, which include the invisible hamster. (laughs) Why? The girl-eating plant. The thing that I don't like about Jimmy is that he kind of has a misogynistic streak in him. Oh, of course. You know, because like you're a you're a, if you're an eleven year old boy, it's your job to hate women. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, girls have cooties. I remember my woman hating days. Oh no. Yeah. I think for most of us little queer boys, it was because we couldn't be you. (laughs) Yeah. Because, you know, you got all the men and everything. We got to kiss boys. Yeah. He's doing science to fulfill his own fantasies of technology. He's an extremely talented child. He's doing kid things. Uh Uh-huh. I mean, think about the burping soda. Uh, That would have been the funniest shit when we were kids. Guaranteed one burp per (laughs) se. And you know, it is funny. I laugh every time he does it. And listen, maybe the girl eating plant thing is a commentary on misogyny in the science field. Hey! It could be. It could be. I understand that this is Jimmy Neutron boy genius on Nickelodeon, and it's probably not that deep. Let's not give it that much credit. And so you're right. He does make his mom a whole ass pearl necklace and diamond earrings when he enters the house through the fireplace. (laughs) I think while his mom's back is turned, like, does she know her house is rigged with his (laughs) infrastructure? I don't know. Like, <laughs> so, no surprise, Judy Neutron cannot be bribed to let her son go out on a school night. And all these fabulous gifts and prizes could be yours if you know the correct answer to this question. Please, may I go to Retroland tonight? No, it's a school night. Thank you so much, Mother, and might I say... Did you just say no? Yes. Yes! No. No. Yes. Yes! Jimmy! Did you just say no? Yes. Yes? No. He's trying to Abbott and Costello his way out of this. That's great. And then he accidentally sets off his jetpack, and he's flying around inside the house. He drags her with her a little bit. He almost burns the house down. (laughs) And, like, he finally uses Goddard to put out the fire he started. He gets sent to his room. Retroland's definitely not happening tonight, at least with her permission. He is grounded. Cut to the aimless toaster floating through space, and it gets sucked up by a chicken ship, and I'm like, oh, cluck. Oh, cluck, it's about to get real. How long did you workshop that? Did you do that on him on the way here in that the car? That was created within the last three hours. <laughs> this is where we are introduced to the race of the Yokians. Oh, boy. An egg-based alien life form. The egg puns start coming, and they don't stop coming, and they don't stop coming, and they don't stop coming. The Yokians have moved beyond the need for physical bodies. Yeah. Their life force is literally contained in this green goo that is just suspended in these egg-shaped hovercrafts that are their bodies. Yeah. It's like they're half robot, half goo, <laughs> but like worship the egg. I don't know. I mean, it's where they came from. Everything is centered around chicken worship, but we'll get there. <laughs> we'll get there. <laughs> we immediately meet their leader. King Gubot the Fifth of Planet Yokus. Voiced by Patrick Stewart. Tell me, when did it become acceptable to approach my royal throne unannounced? Oh, yes, of course, my Space king. Space assure you that it will be. Do you think he knows Queen Amidala? <laughs> And like, 
like Senator Antilles and like, like all the all the guys. You think the Chancellor Valorum? You think the Yokians were there in that big arena when Amidala got up there and made a speech? It would have been really funny if in Attack of the Clones, which came out the year after this, the Yokians were given a spot in the Senate. I mean, oh. ET was. <laughs> ET was in there. Yeah. Why not the Yokians? You're right. You're right. We also get to meet uh, King Gubat's brother. The base, basically the court fool, Ublar. <laughs> he is. He is also the village idiot, or the space idiot in this sense. The space spare. <laughs> they present the king with the toaster satellite. <laughs> I, Ross, this is my favorite part of the movie. <laughs> is it your favorite part of the movie? This is okay. Fine. This is the part that makes me laugh the most. Okay, because Ublar puts that toaster satellite down on the table and starts trying to communicate with it. It's all right. It's all right. I'll handle this. Hello. What galaxy are you from? Oobla. Where is your leader? Oobla. Stop it. It's toast. Oh. Hello, toast. My favorite thing is that Goobot is always a thousand percent done with Ublar. <laughs> Ublar just makes his life hard. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Ublar, stop it. It's toast. It reminds me of the dynamic between the snake and King John in the animal version of Robin, Robin Hood. Hood. Yes. <laughs> the toaster begins to transmit footage of Jimmy saying, Greetings, alien life forms. My name's Jimmy Neutron. I live at dot, 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 blank, blank, blank street in Retroville, planet Earth. I actually know the house number. Do you know what it is? You know what? It is featured a lot. What is it? Three, two, one, zero. Is it really? Like blast off. Like blast off. That's so I great. I love it. I love how this 11-year-old boy is contacting alien life, and the first thing he thinks they want to see is his bedroom. I know. He's like, this is where I live. This is my dog, Goddard. Welcome to my crib. Yeah. And like Jimmy holds up a picture of his parents and shows it to the camera, and this is where Goobot starts salivating. Hey, look. Delicious. The search is over! <laughs> the search for what? That's ominous. <laughs> and we gonna find out. We gonna find out. They look delicious. <laughs> and I'm like, ah, ah, ah! In Russia, egg eat you! <laughs> Anyway, back on Earth, Jimmy shrinks himself down with the shrink ray in order to sneak out of the house and go to Retroland. <laughs> I love that Goddard gives him three options. Apologize, time travel, or sneak out. He actually gives him four options, the fourth of which was to build him a female mate. <laughs> Goddard has his own personality. He does. I love him. Oh, my God. But you're right. <laughs> he shrinks himself down so he can get out of the house easily. I love that. Hugh and Judy are sitting on the couch watching TV land. <laughs> and he, I love it when Hugh goes, Jimmy's a big boy now. Cut to Jimmy, tiny Jimmy on the <laughs> stairs trying to get down. The boys get to Retroland and that awesome in sync song starts playing. Dirty Pop. Oh my God. It's Dirty Pop, baby. Oh, yes. <laughs> This we get to see all the beautiful new attractions at Retroland. Show me the mummy. Yes. Octopuke. <laughs> Sheen gets to meet Ultra Lord and is positively fainting. 
Carl is petting a llama in the petting zoo that's in this amusement park for no reason. He gets a button. I pet a llama. <laughs> I'm so proud of him. And they get to ride bat out of heck. I would ride the shit out of this roller coaster. The baddest ride at Retroland. <laughs> is that bat with two T's the baddest ride? Yeah. Shut up. <laughs> While they're having fun, red alert, red alert, red alert, aliens have entered the atmosphere. The Yokians approach. Here's my thing, okay? <laughs> Here's my thing. Do you want to talk about the shape of the spacecraft? So, the, the spacecraft, the Imperial fighters, if you will, <laughs> they look like chickens. They look like roosters. Specifically, they look like rubber chicken toys. Yes, they do. Like, they're all long, and I bet they make an obnoxious noise. Like, guys... We'll have this discussion more later, but like when we get to Yokus, like we can see that it's much different from Earth. I don't believe there are chickens there. <laughs> like, why is their whole civilization based around chickens? For the puns, bud. I mean, I guess, I guess. Hugh catches a Yokian putting a cryptic message on their refrigerator in the middle of the night. <laughs> I love that because he just opens that door and he goes, Jimmy? 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 You're not Jimmy. And here's the thing. I I don't buy this. You don't buy this? All the kids that were out that night, no one witnessed the invasion (laughs) and abduction of everyone? Hey, a lot of them were in bed asleep like they were supposed to be. (laughs) But it's like... It's like the Yokians only hit one neighborhood. <laughs> you're right, you're right. You know what I mean? They hit one zip code and they dipped. <laughs> like there's a whole planet of healthy adults. <laughs> but just the ones from Retroville. We're just going to take the ones from Retroville. Indeed. They're coming home from Retroland. Oh, yeah. They've just had the time of their lives. This is where I wrote, not the home alone trope. Oh, God. Where we wish our parents away and then it happens. Yeah, they literally wish on a star that they would live in a world without parents. And of course, that's going to have disastrous consequences. I like to say it was Carl's wish, but Jimmy took it. Oh, I mean, isn't that the way? Yeah, yeah. Jimmy takes a lot of Carl's victory laps. All the kids find weird messages on the front of their refrigerators the next morning. I love dear son slash daughter. They didn't even bother to, like, differentiate based on household. And, like, almost all the kids are buying it. And I'm like, I I hate that Jimmy's buying it. Dear son slash daughter, we have gone to Florida for an extended vacation. Love your parents. Yeah, my parents went to Florida, too. That's weird. From the look of it, I'd say a lot of parents are gone. What? Did did they all go to Florida? Maybe they went to get juice or something. Maybe they went to get juice or something. (laughs) Sheen. Hey, if Sheen will go out for Ultra Lord, he might think that adults will go out for juice. (laughs) I love Jimmy. They're gone. The whole city. They're gone. The whole city. No parents. No parents. Kids go ballistic. I oh, let's go. I oh, let's go. <laughs> we are partying like the Rolling Stones up in here. I love it. The looting, 
The gluttony. <laughs> no public safety or regard. The kids go hog wild. Sheen's peeing in the shower. We're wearing non-matching clothes. Sugar for every meal. They've taken over the candy bar. <laughs> whoopee cushion or not whoopee cushion? These kids are so dumb. I love it. <laughs> They're committing serious acts of vandalism in the school. We're flooding the school. Like running the drinking fountain till it floods the school and then we're water skiing down the hallway. We do check in on Miss Fowl. She's <laughs> Still ant-sized and still fighting the Leviathan worm. <laughs> Don't make me get the protractor. <laughs> and then we're having a dance party on the school lawn. Raising underpants on the flagpole. Like, just every fever dream you would ever have as a kid. Like, what would I do if I was completely unsupervised? Oh. Obviously, this remains fun for only about 30 hours. They get a little taste of what it's like to party and be an adult. The The hangover the morning after is insane. Yeah, the the sugar crash. (laughs) Fucking Nick. (laughs) I remember my first time. Shake it off, Neutron. You are 11 years old, sir. That's a weird line. That's a really weird line. (laughs) Jimmy's, like, holding his stomach walking home, and we get the kids' special report. They figured out how to work broadcast television. Yeah, this is Billy West. This kid news reporter? Is it really? Yes. He, you know, he does sound like Fry. He does. I was like, you know, I've heard that before. I've heard that voice before. Trouble in paradise. That's what some kids are saying in the aftermath of yesterday's mom and dad are gone celebration. Here's Courtney Tyler. <laughs> what started as an awesome day has become like a real bummer. Help us! I don't know how to make Somebody hold me! Little girl who hurt her knee on the teeter-totter. Oh, yeah. The little boy who got into the cotton candy-eating contest and is now round. <laughs> it makes you it makes you feel bad. It does. It turns out that life in Retroville without adults is not going great because there are no parents there to actually take care of them. Like, I mean, kids are little hedonists. Yes. If you don't tell them no, they will wear themselves out and make themselves sick. Jimmy's feeling abandoned, but Goddard plays him the recording of what his parents came in and said last night in his bedroom. We only do what we do because we love you. Maybe we can all go to Retroland next weekend, the three of us. Well, good night, son. Good night, Jimmy. Sweet dreams. We'll see you in the morning. That's obviously sus, right? Why okay. would why would they say see you in the morning if they weren't going to be there? A genius, and you didn't even think of that. I know, right? A total genius and didn't immediately recognize that it was not their handwriting. He goes down to the lab, realized they've been invaded. Yeah. They're tracing the ship's ion exhaust through the atmosphere, and he realizes that all their parents have been abducted by aliens. He hasn't been down in the lab for three days because he's been partying. Later that night, him and Carl are trying to piece together the broken rocket that they destroyed before school the other morning. I love Carl. Okay, so uh, me, you, and a dog are going to battle an alien civilization, right? By ourselves. Oh, but he's a good dog, aren't you, boy? (laughs) Listen, all I'm saying is, is that Jimmy's the genius, but Carl's the one asking the real questions. You're right. An angry mob shows up for Neutron. An angry mob of kids with stomach aches. Because Sheen has been loose-lipped and told everybody that all their parents have been abducted by aliens. Why does he tell Sheen anything? I don't know. What is it? An angry mob! Ah! In time 
times of crises, intellectuals are always the first to go. Well, they don't look angry. They look like they're about to barf. <laughs> Jimmy then proposes, in no uncertain terms, that they are going to build warships and go into space. This class of 11-year-olds. He's like, you know, we might die, but like, let's try. <laughs> you know? It's a kid's movie. We might as well. They start building warships out of the rides at Retroland. I mean, it's a great idea. It is. It's so cool. Some of the rides they picked, I think, were not a good move. No, no. And we'll, I, we'll, we'll get into it. We're thinking of the same one. I know we are. I know we are, <laughs> but we'll talk about that here in a minute. Hey, Jimmy, do these fusion reactors need fuel rods? Come on, Sheen. It's not rocket science. You just had to... Actually... I guess it is rocket science. No fuel rods, Sheen. Oh, okay. He puts the finishing touch on his little rocket that he's perfected for himself, which is much better than the first one. <laughs> yeah. I, but I love that it's made out of the literal ride. But yes. the thing is, we keep that rocket throughout the series. Mm-hmm. It's literally from that ride. It's from the. It's with us through the rest of the series. It's, yeah. It's literally a little coin-operated rocket <laughs> that he's made into a real one. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Kids can do anything, man. So, like, literally within, like, this was, like, what, a Tuesday? (laughs) By Friday, they have warships built out of the Retroland amusement park rides. The launch sequence in this movie is set to kids in America. This shit was always so fucking cool to me. Watching all these kids take off in these rides. Yeah, it was such a feeling. You had to be there. Like, it was so cool at that age. We saw it in the theater. We did, I remember. Like, and just watching them all. I was five. Yeah, just watching them all take off on this huge screen was so cool. This movie is also just so millennium Uh that it hurts. Uh Like, it's just chock full of that. Does it get more millennial than kids in America? I love it when they're all taken off. And yeah, you're right. We've got the rockets. We've got Sheen and his little wheel thing that's fun. All I'm saying is it was a mistake to use the spinny rides. Yeah, I know. They're crazy. There's a couple of them. They did not think that through. The the octopuke? No, you won't catch me on the octopuke. We got stuck on an octopuke one time. Literally. Like, it was bad. They were stopping the ride to let people off, and someone else had barfed, so they were cleaning it up out of that car. And we were just spinning in the air. We were just spinning in the air until I had to puke over the side. Yeah, it was bad. And then, like, there's the ride. This ride I don't understand at all. Where your head is in the swing and it's swinging you around yes it looks like one of those big swing rides where you just go in a circle but instead your head is locked inside of it and it's just spinning you around that's not regulation (laughs) retro somebody call the association that manages retro land (laughs) that's that is a death trap my favorite part is come on everybody get in formation carl you're too low come on you stupid butterfly with your tiny little butterfly that's off a spinny ride. He's all by himself. He's trying to get it off the ground. Come on, you stupid butterfly. (laughs) And so we get into the air, and they almost don't make it. But then at the last second, bam! (laughs) They made it! Yeah, they made it! They did good! And so... (laughs) 
We're on our way now. This group of school children manages to survive a meteor shower, okay? <laughs> they fly into this meteor shower, and somehow they all miraculously survive, even piloting their own ships without Jimmy's help. <laughs> That's the other thing. Throughout the entire film, these kids just know how to work this advanced technology. They're not trained astronauts. They will eventually know how to work the Yokian technology. <laughs> but I digest. So we take shelter on this asteroid that's big enough to, you know, have everyone on it. <laughs> uh, like like in uh, Sailor Moon, in yeah. Promise of the Rose. Yeah. Oh my god, what if it's the same asteroid? Oh, crossover. Cross Sailor Moon, Jimmy Neutron crossover? I'm here for it. And guys, this scene on the asteroid is Ross's favorite part. Okay. Do so you want to tell them why? We've talked about this very moment on the show before. <laughs> So they're sat down to a campfire on this asteroid. <laughs> Nick is telling a ghost story. Yeah, they're all around a campfire. Also, they've lit a campfire in, in space. space. Like, come on. <laughs> and so Nick says, So then, these three filmmakers find all these sticks in the trees shaped like stick people. And the girl filmmaker starts crying. And her nose starts dripping. And they don't have any tissue at all. <laughs> None. None. They're talking about the Blair Witch Project, and I never understood it as a kid. I never understood it. It had only come out like two years before. Yeah, they came out very close to one another, and I love that they're making fun of it already. Like, Like, Nick Nick is having a time. He's like, and then they leave the tent. Don't leave the tent! Don't leave the tent! Oh yeah, Carl. They They leave leave the tent! tent. (laughs) They are us right now. (laughs) Oh my god. So then, I love how, right before they're all going to sleep. When they're talking about how much they miss their parents. Listen, this is supposed to be a touching moment, but I can't not laugh when Libby goes, My mom used to tuck me in bed every night before she was abducted by aliens. (laughs) Before my dad was abducted by aliens, he would always read me to sleep. Before my mom was inducted by aliens, she would rub my tummy and she'd sing. What? Nothing. So who knows how long they've actually been out in space, but they are finally catching up to the Yokians who have made it home to their planet. They have located the planet Yokus. Isn't it like bright green? Yeah, here's the thing. It looks like Coruscant from Star Wars. It looks like the capital planet. Sorry, he keeps trying to explain because I went dead behind the eyes. Yeah, she doesn't know what Coruscant Uh, is. I'm not a Star Wars baby. No. We find Yokus, the egg-themed planet. They have, like I said, moved beyond the need for bodies. Their technology's advanced. Every building is shaped like an egg. They have the chicken ships, and they have Aaron Carter. (laughs) So basically, Jimmy and uh, the... uh, 
<laughs> scouting party, which is literally him, Carl, Sheen, Libby, and Cindy. You know, the main five from the TV show. Yeah, they all touch down on Yokus, start looking around, and they go to the royal palace where the parents are being held. The parents have all got these mind control devices on them. They just kind of look like fish bowls filled with goo. Yeah. You they, know what they, I mean? They've got antennas on the side of them. Jimmy tries to get Hugh's attention, and Hugh kind of comes out of it a little bit. Jim, 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 Jimmy's James, James, Jim, big fiery flying Jimmy. Pine, uh, Jimmy, some dream, huh? Attack of the big egg people. I think I've seen this one before. No, Dad, you're wearing a mind control device. Take yours off. Hurry. Dad? Intruder alert! Intruder alert! Dad, no, no, no! Oh, and then Hugh accidentally triggers, like, the the alarm. alarm. (laughs) He gets them all arrested. And so Jimmy and the kids are taken before King Goobot. The Yokians are not worried about the kids at all because they've already captured the other kids who were, like, waiting on standby for Jimmy's signal. So now everyone is in one place so we can get the exposition on about why they've kidnapped the parents. Basically, the king divulges to these children that their parents have been abducted to satisfy the hunger of the Yokian deity known as Poltra. What do you want with our parents? Oh, it's not what I want. It's what Poltra wants. Who's Poltra? Poltra is our god, the mightiest, most ferocious creature in all... Oh, I get tired of answering this. Roll tape. And this is where they're shown a special news report. <laughs> they got, like, actual TV personalities for this. No, they didn't. Yes, they did. They got Bob Goen, who was, like, an American game show MC. Like, he was on Entertainment Tonight uh-huh. a lot. And I think he was the last guy to host Wheel of Fortune. Oh, my God. Really? Yeah. What? Uh, yeah. And then we also have Mary Hart. Mary Hart? Yeah, from Entertainment Tonight oh as well. <laughs> If you're watching this, chances are your friends and or relatives are about to be sacrificed to the mighty Poltra, which is a great honor indeed. Oh, and very painful. (laughs) 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 And then they like chuckle about it. Oh, God. It's great. When they go, and it's all thanks to Jimmy Neutron. I'm like... Oh, God. And then they play the footage that Jimmy transmitted to them. And all the kids are like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, Goobot gives him, like, full credit. You know, without the coordinates you gave us, we never would have found your puny little planet. For such a tiny earthling, you've been a very big help, Jimmy Neutron. So the kids get thrown in the slammer and... Jimmy gets separated from Goddard. Yeah. Because Goddard has the audacity to bite Goobot on the arm. (laughs) So they're going to take him apart. Yeah, how cruel. I know. How how evil. This is where I had a Cindy revelation. Oh, because, like, they're all fighting amongst themselves, right? Yeah. And, like, Cindy goes over to the private cell. Yes, the presidential suite. Where Jimmy has been imprisoned. And she's talking to him through the bars. Okay, so you made a mistake. Beating yourself up isn't going to fix anything. You know, I was the smartest kid in school until you came along. And I admit you know more about some things than I do. But I know one thing that you don't seem to get. And that's that we're never getting out of here without you. This is where I wrote, Cindy is not bad. 
No, never. Like, she's just like, I get it. Through most of the series and the film, she is giving him shit and hurling insults at him. But Because she a- likes him, Ross. That's the thing. That, yes, that that is the thing. And you're right. I love this scene because she's just like, you know, buck up, buttercup. We're going to die without you. Yeah, literally. And this, yeah, I was just like, I don't think I ever really gave her enough credit in that moment. Because you were a boy and you were meant to empathize with Jimmy. You're right. So Jimmy gets a brain blast. For whatever reason, Livy's cellular phone is still working two galaxies away. (laughs) He calls Goddard, who's about to be decommissioned. He's in the clutches of Ublar on his scary little science table. And Jimmy pulls one over on Ublar by faking a self-destruct sequence. This unit will yield a 50 megaton nuclear blast in exactly 10 seconds. That's not good! Clear a 30 square mile area. Thank you and have a nice day. 10, ah! 9, no, Bender! Mother! Seven, Once Boop Booblar. <laughs> <laughs> no! Once Ooblar makes himself scarce, he tells Goddard to play dead and it blows the doors off the prison. Yeah. And he just iron giants himself back together. Uh huh. I love that. It's beautiful. Once we get out of there, we have to go and visit what I can only describe as the egg bowl. (laughs) In what looks like a football stadium. Most of the civilization has gathered to um, view a giant egg that is sitting in the middle of this stadium. And I'm like, oh, God, I know what that is. Uh Uh-huh. And everybody is fucking hype. This is like the rapture Uh for these people or something. Like just every crazy cult thing you've ever heard about, this is when it's supposed to happen. The parents get situated around the base of the egg. Like, around the edge of the platform that the egg is sitting on. I just love it, because those mind control devices allow them to march them around in neat little lines. And then they are made to perform to what I can only conclude is the anthem of Yokus. The national anthem of the planet Yokus. The chicken dance. Everybody is hype. Everybody knows all the moves. And Jimmy is letting them watch through, you know, Goddard's binocular vision or whatever. And I love when they're watching it happening. When they're watching the footage of their parents dancing around like idiots, Sheen goes, Wow, what a lame halftime show. They're making our parents dance so lame. No, my dad really dances like that. Festival is starting. Our parents, they'll be eaten. Nobody eats my parents unless I say so. Come on. And like all of Gubot's announcements are severely ominous to me. I don't know why I get so shooketh during this scene, but I do. You get shooketh at the age of 25? Begin the incubation. They start firing all of these, like, flamethrowers into the side (laughs) of this giant egg. And I'm like, "Uh -uh, uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. No, 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 no. And Nick, cool guy Nick. Big man Nick. In front of Poultra and everyone. (laughs) Runs out into the middle of the stadium. The flamethrowers stop. And three 
very tentacly eyes pop out of the eggshell. Hero. I love that. I love that Cindy gets to have that moment where she's like, wow, he's lame. Two gigantic claw-studded legs pop out of either side of that gigantic egg. It looks positively reptilian, whatever's <laughs> in there. And you know what still gives me goosebumps? What? Paul Tra. Paul Tra. When they're chanting Poltra's name. And it's like raising up off the platform. I, King Gubat V, give you sacrifice! That egg explodes, and a gigantic space chicken <laughs> is standing in the middle of it. That's a big chicken. ugly, she's almost cute. Do you think Poultra's a girl? I do. <laughs> like, you know, gender is a construct, but I think Poultra's a girl. Not gendering the giant space chicken. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, here's my question. What? Poultra is their god, right? Yeah. They, it's She's kind of like the messiah, I guess. Mm-hmm. They've been waiting for her to come around for yeah. who knows how long. Mm-hmm. Their main lot in life is to find her a first meal, which is obviously the human parents. Yeah. But here's my thing. Poultra's just hatched. This implies that if Poultra were allowed to continue living, she would get bigger. Oh, yeah. She's a chick. And she's already that big. You know what I'm saying? What a terrifying concept. So here's my thing. Which came first? The chicken or the egg? Oh, god damn it! Is she a reincarnation? Like, is she... Like, where did that egg come from? I can't believe it. Because that implies... That there was once another poultra that laid that egg. You know what I'm saying? I just can't believe this movie tricked you into thinking about which came first, <laughs> the chicken or the egg. Because, like, is she just going to lay another gigantic egg before she dies? I don't know, man. And to which a poultra 2 <laughs> will come out of? You know? Poultra 2.0. So we get into this huge fight scene with the kids against the Yokians. I love how Jimmy's like... <laughs> So, Sheen's going to get a ship, and Sheen's like, well, hold on, hold on. Did you say Sheen get the ship? <laughs> okay, I heard the ship part, but um, was that Sheen get the ship? Yeah, yeah. Oh, wait, oh. Listen, there's a transport ship in that airfield big enough to carry all of us out of here. I need you to get it here as fast as you can. But I, I don't have a driver's license. I have no hand-eye coordination. Sheen, ask yourself, what would Ultra Lord do? I accept this responsibility, understanding the consequences that you've bestowed against me. And then Sheen runs off to get the ship. We begin a battle cry to We Got the Beat. We got the beat, we got the beat. These 11-year-olds are destroying the Yokians with ease. It's incredible. All you have to do is tip them. (laughs) And all their goo spills out. (laughs) And then they're literally useless. (laughs) Yeah, because they're soft, shapeless, sentient beings. Jimmy empties out a Yokian and is able to get in its little hover thing, (laughs) in its little hover body, fly it up to the control tower, steal the switch that is controlling all the parents' movements, Uh and is literally able to move them enough to one side to where when Poultry takes her first chomp, just gets her beak stuck (laughs) in the platform. (laughs) 
directs them all out of the stadium. And you think Paltra's gonna just scoop them all up in her mouth. Uh-huh. But then Sheen miraculously hits Paltra in the head with the ship he's flying. I'd have no idea why the boy genius entrusted Sheen with the ship. And why does Sheen know how to fly the ship? <laughs> Why did Captain Stephen Hillard know how to fly the alien spacecraft? Because kids can do anything and because Will Smith can do anything. You're right. That was the correct answer. (laughs) Thank you. So they all get in that ship, the kids, the parents, and they blast out of the egg bowl. The Okians follow in their warship and they're blasting them with lasers as they're trying to get out of their atmosphere. I love when Jimmy takes them shooting around a star. Okay. Who wants fried chicken? The Imperial chicken fighters <laughs> get fried up being so close to that star. Oh my god. And then it's just Goobot ship and them left. And like this is where the brain blast of all brain blasts comes. Like this is where it counts the most. <laughs> And he's psyched and got it up. He's like, okay, buddy, I know we haven't really tested this yet. Remember the prototype drawings from earlier? Uh Uh-huh. Here we are again, a child flying through space without any oxygen. When I tell you guys, it's just him on Goddard's back. Flying directly at the Yokian ship. Yeah, like like he's going to headbutt them or something. And I, I love this moment because Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy just knows how to deliver a speech. He you know does. What I'm he does. Steal my parents. You threaten my dog. Itsy bitsy Jimmy Neutron. He does look a bit small and silly, doesn't he, sire? You attack my friends and you made fun of my size. Tiny, tiny. Oh, so, so tiny. I may be small, but I've got a big brain. He pulls the shrink ray out of nowhere and blows himself up to planet size. No, not tiny. Like a hundred times the size of that ship. Oh my God. And then Jimmy just blows them into an asteroid. Yeah, he just goes, and they explode. (laughs) I love when Goobot is just floating in space. (laughs) He's out of his little uh, armor thing. And he goes, You've not seen the last of us, Jimmy Neutron. You look marvelous, sunny side up, sir. That's no joke. Stop Lubar's got jokes even now? (laughs) I can't. Oh my God. So we're back on the ship. And I love he comes into the room where everyone's reuniting. Cindy comes up to him. I can't call you short anymore. Don't worry. I'm sure there are all kinds of other insults you can come up with. (laughs) I love how he basically just said, oh, I'm sure you'll still be a bitch in the future. Oh, my God, Jimmy. (laughs) What the fuck? And, like, Jimmy sees Judy and Hugh taking off their mind control devices, and he's real big in this moment. Yeah. Totally apologizes and explains himself. I thought that I could do everything on my own and that I didn't really need you guys, and I was totally wrong, and I'm sorry. And she's like, listen. Having a genius for a son may not always be easy, but it's always interesting. You make us so proud. (laughs) You sure do, son. 
You know, not every family gets to ride in an alien spaceship hurtling through the universe at warp speeds millions of miles from home. We thank you for that. <laughs> like you! <laughs> this child got her kidnapped by aliens, and she still has nice things to say about him in this moment after everything. Cut to back on Earth, Judy sliding Carl and Jimmy two hard-boiled eggs. Ah! Freeze! <laughs> well, hold on, Carl. It's just breakfast. <laughs> I knew that. Oh, God. What, what, what is this bit we go out on? So Judy goes over to the counter and sees a can of soda. It's the burping formula soda. And she uh-huh. goes, I don't remember buying this brand of soda. And Jimmy's like, Mom, no, 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 no. And she takes a drink of it and she starts burping. And then everyone drinks the soda and everyone starts burping. <laughs> I love that that whole movie is a giant setup for what ended up being an amazing series. I know. And I love that the Yokians come back a couple of times. Do they? Throughout the series, yes, they do. I don't remember the Yokians coming back. Goobot returns at least once. Holy shit, how? He's a fried egg. I don't know. I forget how it works, but... (laughs) And so, yeah, guys, that's it. Granted, I know that this was alien-related. I figured since this was alien-related, it would be fun to cover with the alien theme. Like, it's just... I, I just love Jimmy Neutron so much, and... All the Nickelodeon feels. I like, I love Nickelodeon movies. Like, it made me think about how this was popular that year, and then Rugrats in Paris <gasps> was popular. Rugrats in Paris is such a good movie. And I also remember how this same year, like, Princess Diaries was big. And because, <gasps> like, that year, 2001, Princess Diaries was kind of your movie, and Jimmy Neutron Boy Genius was mine. It really was. Those were our favorite films that year. <sighs> As always, this is as good as it's going to get. Yeah. And I can't wait to cover Princess Diaries with you. Oh like, my God. That'll be great. It might not be till next year. Who knows? But, <laughs> you know. So that's another alien flick in the bag. Another alien flick in the bag, folks. My second choice for birthday month is down. Oh, boy. And uh, yeah, Carrie Ann is not excited about what we're going to cover next week. I'm upset. Listen, guys, you know I have affinity for films that are probably not the best, but... Listen. They're good to me. No, that is not my bag. That is not what annoys me about this movie. Just because... Think about all my choices for birthday month. Yeah, I know. Movies that may not be empirically the best, but I love. Indeed, indeed. This is why we do birthday month. Yeah. To get these out of the way. (laughs) But, guys, remember last year when I did a Shyamalan flick that's just objectively not very good? (laughs) Well, (laughs) guess what? Please welcome back to Geeky and Streaming, director M. Night Shyamalan, in his 2002 alien flick, Signs. Oh, boy. We will be covering Signs next week. I'm very excited for it. Mel Gibson's back. Again, yeah, I know. I'm sorry to bring Mel back into the (laughs) fold, but this is my favorite Mel performance. I mean, 
Joaquin, yeah. So I can't wait to dissect that. And we also get Joaquin mm -hmm. again. He'll be returning. It'll be great. Don't we have a Culkin joining us next we week? We have little Rory Culkin and little tiny Abigail Breslin. So okay, all right. It'll be a lot of fun, I think. The kids are my favorite part of that movie. Yeah, it is fun. It's fun. But the, the movie is so creepy mm -hmm. and disturbing. And James Newton Howard. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. I'm very excited. I love this movie. Stand back. We're going to get something on us. Stop. <laughs> So, folks, look out for that next week. In the meantime, you can go follow us on Twitter at Kick and Stream. K-I-C-K-N-S-T-R-E-A-M. You can write the show at kickingandstreamingpodcast at gmail.com. That's with an and, not an ampersand. And don't forget, folks, in Ross's birthday month, please be practicing the three R's. Rate, review, and retweet. Rate, review, and retweet, folks. Go and leave us a comment. Give us a shout-out on Twitter at Kick and Stream. Go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Give us a nice review it would be the best thing that you could do for my birthday we love hearing from you guys we do and you guys like you know like, like do, do you ever just think about the fact that there are people out there who are not our friends that are listening to our inane rantings about films that no one thinks about yeah like people who we've never met in real life are actually out there listening to us ramble and we appreciate every single one of you and the time you give us absolutely whether you're cleaning your kitchen or driving to work or whatever we, we, we love to have you join our little watch party. So thank all of you little onions out there who are supporting us in these trying times. It's been trying times for too long, hasn't it? <laughs> yes, it has. But that's why I like that we have this show. More quality content coming to you from kicking and streaming. Until then, I'm Carrie. I'm Ross. And as always, sorry, sorry Mom. Gossip news, gossip news, gossip news.